It's green. We'll see. All right. Good evening. Yeah, we're good to go. Appreciate everybody being here tonight. I want to quickly remind you of our announcements before we get started. Uh, try to get them in order. Um, uh, men's fellowship. It's already done. That's right. We're in the second week already. Goodness. You think, wait a minute. It just started, I thought. Nine, it's already in the second week. Uh, life's fun if you're having fun, I guess. Okay. So that one's the next thing on our uh, agenda, as far as I can tell, is June the 17th, men's breakfast, 830 in the fellowship hall. So remember that. Uh, and then on June 20th at 6 o'clock Tuesday, correct? Ooh, I got one right. <laughs> That's always good. <laughs> June, uh, t Tuesday, June 20th, 6 o'clock in the Fellowship Hall. Uh, heart to heart for you ladies. Uh, speaker will be Lori Franks and Terry Bean. So y'all come for that. Uh, Prime Timers, uh, Fellowship Hall on June 24th at 12 o'clock, Potluck and Games. And so we encourage you to be there for that. Um, I don't know if it's been mentioned or not. There's a table back there, uh, a baby shower table for Samantha Parsons, Christie's uh, daughter. And uh, they are registered at Kitty Land Amazon, but... If you want to get a gift and put back her on that table, I'm sure Miss Christie will make sure that Samantha gets those. And I believe she's having a little baby girl. Is that correct? Do we know? Okay. <laughs> I get some nods, yes. So that means, yes, she must be having a baby girl. So uh, let's, uh, let's be a, a, a blessing to her and to let her know how much we appreciate her. Let's go to the Lord in prayer rule as we start tonight. I ask the Lord just to guide and direct in our services this evening. Let's remember all these needs on our prayer request. Um, might be that you'd have a need tonight you would like to mention we can pray with you about. I'll start. Let's not forget to keep praying for Brother and Sister Truesdale and their family as they do. They've got the lion's share of, of doing. They've got to figure out how to get from Washington State down here. <laughs> Uh, but you know what? I know a God that is able to put everything in place and make it work. It go just like clockwork. So let's continue to hold them up in our prayers and and just bless them and pray for their church. As they look for a pastor, God will give them the man that he wants or the the pastor that he wants. I, I, anymore, you can't just say man. It usually is, but I, there's some women that can do a pretty good job of it too. So whoever God has in mind for them, that God will put that person in place and, and help them to get there quickly and so that they can continue going and growing for the Lord as well. All right. Anyone? No request. Sister Carol? <laughs> they're, not, they're not where they should be. Uh, well, that's, <laughs> if, you know, if, if the fruit, if the fruit says no, then it's probably what the, you know, the, we'll know them by their fruits. But I'm sure we all have unsaved loved ones in our families that need the Lord. 
and we just need to pray that God will, Holy Spirit will get a hold of them and wake them up and help them to see the truth and help them to understand the lies the enemy's feeding them to keep them away from God um, and just realize that. So we will remember that. Anyone else? All right, let's stand, if you will, and remain standing when we're through praying, and let's help Sister Julie as she leads us in worship tonight. But let's just join together in prayer. Father God, as we come before you tonight, we thank you, Lord God, for the privilege we have of being in your house tonight. Again, we thank you, Father God, that your word declares that where two or three are gathered together in your name, that there you are in the midst. Father God, we just ask you to move tonight in our hearts and in our lives and in our service. Holy Spirit, have your way tonight in us. Have just minister to us so that we can minister to others. And just, Lord, just pour your spirit out upon us tonight and help us, Lord, just to open up our hearts and to just to open up our minds and just completely give ourselves to you tonight, God. And just put aside whatever our circumstances, whatever our situations are tonight. And Lord, just help us to focus on you. Just pour your spirit out upon us tonight, Father God, in a very special and a mighty way, oh God, I pray. Father, we pray, Lord, for these needs on our prayer list. Ask you, Lord, to touch and heal, deliver, supply the needs, take care of those that are, are, are uh, in, in hospitals tonight or, or in, uh, having difficulties. Lord, just whatever it is, you're the God who heals. You're the God who delivers. You're the God who supplies. You are Jehovah Jireh. Father God, you are everything we need you to be. And Lord, for all of these needs, whatever they are, and to whatever circumstance they cover, Lord, you're more than enough. And we ask you to do that, Lord, for them. Father, for those of us, all that have have, Lord, not just us, but those that may be listening tonight to, or in the future, Lord, that have unsaved loved ones or, or, or loved ones that they've known, but they've just kind of gotten away from you, God. They've, they've kind of drawn back. Holy Spirit, we ask you just to get a hold of them and bring them to a realization that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life, and that no one comes to the Father but by Him. And Father, we just ask you, Lord, that by your Spirit, you will wait these people up, Lord God, and she will stir their hearts and their lives. And Lord God, she'll just minister to them. And Lord, if we as their family can say something that will but will prompt that thinking that will will get their attention. Lord, help us to know what to say, how to say it, when to say it, Lord God, at your timing and at your as you know which is best to do. And Father God, but the Lord, if 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 there's someone else that can speak to them that they'll listen to, Lord, that's a, a spirit filled Christian that will speak your life into them, Lord, send them as well, Lord God, and draw them to you, Father God, that they may be part of your kingdom and part of your family. Lord, just continue to just guide and direct us, Lord, as a church. We pray for Brother and Sister Truesdale and their family, their daughters. Lord God, ask you, Lord, that as they are preparing to move down here, Father God, that you will just put everything in place that needs to be in place. Father God, that you will just prepare the way before them. Lord God, and that it will all fall into place exactly like it needs to, exactly when it needs to. And Lord God, that you will give them the, that ability to take care of everything that needs to be taken care of. Lord, we pray for their church, Lord God, as well. Lord, that you send them the pastor that you would have to take them from where they are, Lord, and continue to lead them onward and upward to you and to the increase of your kingdom, Lord God, we pray. And minister to every heart in life, Lord God. And Lord, 
Lord, again, may your will be done in us tonight, Father, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
that you know each and every one of us on an intimate level, Father, that you know each and every one of our concerns, Father. What's important to us, God, is important to you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. All that is within me, Lord, will bless your holy name. I live my life to worship you.
Father God, you are holy. Lord, that day is coming for all that have put their faith and their hope in you. The day is coming when the bride will hear that call. Come, enter into the joys of your Lord. Come into my Father's house. For Lord, you're coming for a church that is without spot, without blemish. A bride that has made herself ready with all that you have provided to us and provided for us that we can meet you and see you on that day. And Lord, with the angels, we will cry, holy. But Lord, not just then, but now. Now in this place, now at this time, we cry, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Lord, we just worship you tonight. We give you honor and the glory and the praise because it all belongs to you, Father. We are who we are. We are what we are because of you. There is nothing in ourself, Father God, that makes us worthy to stand before you, but because of the blood of Jesus Christ shed and brought in our hearts, we are able to come before you and give you the honor and the glory and the praise you deserve. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. You may be seated. I am going to, I hope the guys don't get mad at me back there, but I'm going to get down here amongst us. It is too far away up there. <laughs> As I thought about what the Lord wanted me to, to preach on tonight, this particular portion of Scripture kept running through my mind. And I thought, Lord, I would just like to get to the place where you just come down and you just visit with us. Those kind. You, you know what I'm talking about. We, we've been in this long enough. We know that kind where you just bask in the presence of the Lord God Almighty. Yes. He gives us that privilege. He gives us that opportunity. Psalmist David puts it pretty well in the 42nd Psalm, very familiar portion of Scripture to us, but there's some others as I got to looking and, and researching the Scriptures that my Bible gave and back thing. He, he, the psalmist talks about this often. Psalm 42 verse 1 says, and I'll read this from the New Living Translation, as the deer longs for the brooks, uh, for the streams of water, 
so I long for you, O God. I thirst for God. The psalmist says, I thirst for God. The living God. When can I go and stand before Him? I think about, I don't know exactly how often deer go drink water. Uh, if I... If the deer around my house have anything to, to, to tell me every morning and every night. Every morning right before sunup and every night right, right after sundown. It's still dusky dark. Because that's the time I'm more likely to see them running across the road and I have to slam on the brakes to keep them hitting them. But you, you think about what the psalmist, he knows this, and, and maybe he's, the, I have no idea if the deer have been in, in a dry spell, but you stop and think about when it gets hot and dry in the summertime. You, you know within reason they need water to survive. They need, and they will, they will probably hunt for, they'll probably go far and wide until they can find the water they need. But David says, as the deer longs for the streams of water now in david's day there probably wasn't a whole lot of pollution in the streams okay there are places i'm sure that you can go where the water is still pretty clean and there's nothing like now i don't know about you but I, i've had well water i've had some good well water i've had some not so good well water Good well water is hard to beat. You know, a hot day, I mean, nothing beats that cold drink of that water. And there's no taste to it. It just goes down and it satisfies. But the psalmist David says, As the deer panteth for the water, so my soul longs after you. When I think about this, so many times I, I, I'm, I'm concerned that we get so caught up. We get so busy. I had plans for this weekend. Okay. My yards, mine, my mother's, and my uncle's are about to, it's, it's time to cut and bail them. <laughs> I mean, it's, they're getting, I'm going, Lord, I need some time to go get this done. I'm the one that's doing it. I need, and I've got to have time to do it. So I've got it all planned out. I was going to do it Tuesday. I was going to start Tuesday night, but something else came up, and I had to go take care of it. Had to run a, a car tag up to Dell City to my uncle because his car's tag had been out of date for a little too long. <laughs> I was telling Sister Linda McAllister about that, and he's going, "Okay," but I said, "Well, no, don't move the car. I'm coming to you. Let's get this tag before y'all." move again you can get it take it out again but i'm thinking okay lord okay now i've got this planned out i've got okay thursday night i can do my yard friday night i can do my other saturday i can go over and get my uncle's done no not saturday no i've got to go to work saturday <laughs> it's like lord can you please <laughs> make it but you you stop and think about Sister Linda was telling me, I hope she don't mind, but about their son. Her son is pastor of a small church, and he also works as well. 
And, and I know what that's like. There is, you almost meet yourself coming and going. Y'all remember the Dunkin' Donut commercial, the guy that's fighting, I got this time to go make the donuts. And, he's kind of, he's a, and he meets himself coming out of the donut shop and he said, I already made the donuts. Because he, he's just, it's such a repetitive thing that he, 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 my mother used to say, I meet myself coming and going, yeah. you know. Well, that's too busy. But when, I st when we stop and think about that, we live in a very fast-paced society. Yeah, and there are times when we have to just say, all right, I'm getting off the ride. You know, it can fall apart if it wants to. I need to take some time to find God. I need to find time where I get refreshed. If we're not careful in this fast-paced world you and I live in, God can so easily be ignored. Because he's not going to sit there and say, uh, Alan, where you at? Haven't seen you in a while. I've got to want to. I've got to desire that for myself. And that's, I think, what the psalmist is telling us. There are times when we need to just get with, be, beside our, be, not beside, that's not, I don't want to get beside myself. That's not the right word. Get alone with myself and God and say, Lord, I just want to sense your presence. We've got to do like Mary did with you know, Mary and Martha. You remember the story that Jesus, the, the Jesus had gone to visit Mary and Martha and Lazarus. They were good friends. He loved them. They, they cared for him. He cared for them. But they'd come. He'd come for, for a, a, a time. And so Martha's just busy, busy, busy. Oh, she's got every, the table has got to be, looks absolutely right. All of the food has got to be cooked absolutely perfect. I, I can just see her. I've seen women like this. It has got to be absolutely perfect or I'm going to have a cow. And they are generally in the midst of having the cow while they're trying to get ready. You know, it's like, don't mess with me. You know, kids come in, mama, don't talk to me now. You know, and it's like, we're, we're getting, this is important. This is an important dinner. This is an important time. And, and how many times, guys, do we do the same stuff? I've got to get this done. I've got to get this job done. I've got, but you remember what the Bible says that Jesus was talking and Mary just went, she sat down, you know. She has focused her attention. She knows what needs to go on. She knows all this other stuff. But the Bible says that she was sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening to him and what he had to say. You remember the story? Martha comes walking in, all in a fuss. Well, Jesus, why don't you just make her get up and help me? I mean, I can just see her. She's got that attitude. And what does Jesus say? Martha? Martha. Do you ever notice a lot of times God uses the name twice? Why? Because we're not listening the first time. And God knows how to get your attention. 
uh, as, growing up, it was, I would hear my first name yell, eh, I'll wait. That wasn't a good idea. Because then it was my first name and my middle name, and it was like, oh boy, we've already missed the mark now. But they're not going to miss the mark when they provide the swatting. But Jesus says to Martha, Martha, Martha. He had to get her to stop. And he said, you are cumbered about with much serving. But Mary has chosen the most important thing. You, you, you stop and think about it now. That, that's kind of a rebuke. Martha, you, you, you're a good hostess. There's nothing wrong with being a good hostess. There's nothing wrong with doing a good job or whatever we're doing, men or women. But if we let it interfere with our time with God, we slip once. And then we'll slip again. And next thing you know, it's been a while. It's been a while. The most important thing that we have to offer anybody that walks through these doors into this sanctuary, the most important thing you and I have to offer them is an encounter with the living God. We need to be friendly. We need to be kind. We need to be all those things. But the most important thing that anybody that walks through these doors needs is an encounter with the living God. David says, like the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs for you, for, the, for God, for the living God. When can I come before him? Now, David, you remember at that point in time, things were not like they are for us today. With the coming of Jesus, with his, his death, burial, and resurrection, with the coming of the Holy Spirit, you and I have the privilege to go to God any day or night at any hour or whatever. David wanted that. David realized there's a lot of things about God's presence that David realized. And the biggest thing that David ever realized was, and he makes this statement one time. He says, Lord, do not take your Holy Spirit from me. You know, if I get close to that, I, I don't know how David, I don't know if it's actually put this way. But in my heart, Lord, if I start straying, Start knocking on my heart. Yeah. Wake me up to realize where I'm going, what I'm doing. I want him. Church is a good place to find him, but church, we doesn't always have to be at church. Right. It's funny, Sister Julie, that first song you sang, I, I drove to Dell City yesterday, as I tell you. There's a station up in that I found searching through my wife's car, and I punched this button. And it was the House FM. They played that song. <laughs> and I thought, oh, my goodness, I'm listening. To that. I can't remember if it's going up or coming back. But they played that song. 
that she sang that first song she sang uh, on my trip, my three-hour trip to Dell City and back home last night. But you know, that's the whole thing. It's about God. Yeah. It's about what He, who He is. It's not about what he can give us. David wasn't talking and looking at God and saying, okay, God, I need to come to you because I need stuff. No. I don't sense David saying that here. I don't sense his attitude is, when can I see God? Yes. When can I get in his presence? Yes. Do I wait till the preacher starts preaching? Do I, do I wait till Sister Julie starts leading us in worship? You don't have to. But how many people miss the opportunity even while she's ministering up here? How many people miss the opportunity to find the presence of God? How many of us are thinking about the songs where she's leading us in? How many people are sitting there? And you wonder, it's like, Lord, what does it take for them to get them to understand? Yeah. I don't have the answer for that one. I wish I did. I had a history teacher. It reminds me, I had a history teacher my sophomore year in high school. American history, I think it was. I don't know how we got started on it, but he said something about, I think some of them hadn't studied the lesson, well, one thing. And he's trying to tell them, and they're asking all these questions. He said, you know, guys, if I could sit there and figure out a way to split your head open and pour all this information into your head, I would. But I can't. You have to get it for yourself. From a pastor's standpoint of view, if I could split your heart open and pour it in there, I would do it. I would cram it down your throat if I thought it would help. Because you see people, yet they walk into church and they come in with their, their hearts are heavy and everything is going on in their lives. And they go to church and they go through the motions and they walk out of here just the way they came in. It's not what God wants. No. It's not what God desires. God wants us to walk in here expecting him to do something. Yes. Expecting to meet him on a one-to-one -one relationship. Yes. That's it. God help us to get to the place where when we come to church, we've already been in his presence. You want revival to start? You start coming to church already charged up and walking in His presence, talking in His presence, being in His presence. You set this town, you set this town on its ear. As they, 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 they might be able to say about us like they did in, no in the New Testament in the, early, in the book of Acts, these people turned the world upside down. No, we didn't. They turned it right side up. You've been walking on your head for too long. It's time to start walking on your feet. Why? Because the truth of God's Word will set people free. The truth of God's Word will save people's souls. The truth in God's Word will deliver us from the enemy and will deliver us from the bondage and will deliver us from all of the nonsense that He wants to bind people up in. Amen. 
as the deer longs for the water, so my soul longs. I, I don't know about you, but boy, I just get the sense of, of David just, it, it, it's a driving desire. It's a desire that outweighs everything else in his life. It's a desire that outweighs all of the problems. It's a desire that outweighs all of the circumstances. It's a desire that outweighs every circumstance, every situation that he's facing. Wonder how many times this king that he got to that place. Lord, this is getting rough. I need some us time. I don't always need to talk to him. I don't always need to ask him for stuff. It's an old Southern Gospel song. It said, I didn't come to ask you for anything. I just came to talk with you, Lord. I just came to sit down and talk with you and tell you how much I appreciate you and how much you do for me. And I just... How much there, I'm sure, Lord, there are things that you do for me that I never even notice or, or ever even see. Right. I believe that with all of my heart. God's taking care of stuff. God's knocking stuff out of the way before it ever comes, before we ever see it, and we never, probably never will see it. Yeah. And even if we do see it, He already knew it was coming, and He's got the way prepared for it. There was something I can't remember. I think it's a song somebody sings. Sister Julie may have heard it. It seemed like it was listening. But they said, why am I fighting battles? God's already won. Yeah. And I'm going, uh, sorry, Lord. <laughs> you know, but sometimes you and I, we do as Christians, even as Christians, we fight battles that God's already won. The enemy roars and we go, oh no. I like, go back to David, the Goliath thing. That battle was won days before David got there. How do I know that? David walks in. You know, his, his dad sent him. His brother, what are you doing here? You come see what's going on? You'll, you know, why aren't you home taking care of the sheep like you're supposed to? And if I'd have been David, I said, because dad sent me up here and you better shut up. Or I'll tell him what you did. <laughs> he didn't. He said, what's going on? Goliath and his big mouth and his big his big stature out there defying them. One of you come out here and fight me, you big chickens. Yeah. Actually, he was calling them what they was because they's all cowering in their tents. Yeah. Even King Saul, who was head and shoulders above everybody else in the kingdom, he's hiding in his tent with the rest of them. Yeah. And David goes, is there not a cause? Is there not a reason? Is there not a, somebody to go out there and face that big loudmouth? Is there not somebody that will go out and face that big roaring lion of the devil and tell him to shut up and sit down? Right. He says, I'll go. 
somebody told Saul, hey, there's a kid that'll go. Well, bring him here. Let's, let's look him over. You look at this boy. He's a boy. Probably a young teenager, maybe. But the thing about it, you look at David, he is not a fighting man. He is not a man of war. He's a shepherd boy. What does that tell me? It tells me that he has been taking care of the sheep, but it also tells me something else that he told Saul. Saul says, okay, you want to go? I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll let you wear my armor. Lovely. David's probably half his size, and he's going to put his armor on him. Oh, that did, don't you know that looked fun? David's sitting there going, no, that's, I'm sure he's just sitting there struggling. going, I can't even move. And so what happens? He said, wait a minute, Saul. This is not going to work, man. I'm sorry. I appreciate the thought, but this is not going to work. He just let me go with what I know to go with. He makes a statement to, to King Saul. He tells him, Saul, there was a lion. There was a bear that came after the sheep. The God that I serve, by his help, I killed the lion. I killed the bear. Then David makes a statement of faith and a statement of conviction. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be as one of those. For God will deliver him into my hand. David walks out on that battlefield and Goliath looks at him and goes, Are you kidding me? They sent a kid to do a man's job. He said, What do you think I am? Boy, a dog? What you going to do, hit me with a rock? You watch and see, bud. David, what does David say? You go back and look what David said. This came out of years of watching sheep, people. He said, look, you come to me and you're, and I'm going to paraphrase. This is, this is the Allen version. Brother Black told me one time he kind of liked my Allen version about something, but I don't remember what it was. But anyway, but the, the Allen version is, look, big boy, you're bigger than me. You fought war longer than me than I've been alive probably. But the thing about it is you have defied the God of Israel. You and your big mouth have said, what's this God you're going to do? What are you guys going to do about it? He said, the God that I serve will deliver you into my hands today. Church, that confession of faith did not come five seconds before he got there. He had been, God had been working on that because he had been with God. He trusted God to help him take care of those sheep. That was the lowest job. His brothers told him, won't you go back home and take care of the sheep? That's all you're good for anyway. Little did they know that the day would come when they would call their little brother King David. 
Little did they realize that the day would come when they would pay homage to little brother. But God knew. The story was, and we know the story. He slung that sling. And the Bible says it hit him right square in the forehead. And he fell over. Somebody I heard not too long ago, maybe it was Brother Roger, said that when he fell over, he was dead when he hit the ground. David took his sword out. Took a, he did not, he took his sword. He took Goliath's sword. Now, they tell you how big, it was a huge it thing. Probably weighed as much as David weighed. I mean, it was massive. I mean, the man was nine foot tall. And you can be assured he knew exactly how to use that sword, had done it many times. But the Bible says that David took his sword and cut his head off. Now, no much you, but little teenage boy and a big old, you know, let's say it was a 50, 60 pound sword. There's no way he's going to be able to pick that up over his head. He'll sit there. If he picked over his head, he'd fall over backwards. But he grabbed it and sawed his head off. Why? Because David was a man who understood the most important thing I need in my life is God. The most important thing I need in my life is His presence. I don't say this in in a bragging way, but Faith and I every morning before we go to work, we sit down and we have prayer together. And the first thing that I begin to thank God for in my prayer time, Lord, thank you for this day. But thank you for your presence. Because in your presence is everything I need, we need for life and for godliness. That's part of my prayer every day is to remind myself, God, the most important thing I have from you is your presence. The most important thing that I can ever call upon, the most important thing that I can ever deal with is having your presence with me every day. And I remind myself of that every day. God, your presence is what I need. Your presence is where everything I'm going to need comes from. So David says it this way. He says, Lord, I long for you. I desire you. Psalm 63, verses 1 through 4. And I like this. Because he takes it just a little bit further, the psalmist does. There it is. It's another psalm of David. He says, Oh God, my God, you are, oh God, you are my God. Now, this is from the New Living. I earnestly search for you. My my soul thirsts for you. My whole body longs for you in the parched and weary land where there is no water. I have seen you in your sanctuary and gazed upon your power and glory. Your unfailing love is better than life itself. Oh, how I praise you. I will praise you as long as I live, lifting up my hands to you in prayer. You satisfy me more. In the richest feast, I will praise you with songs of joy. 
Now, what I, the, the, the thing that, that I see with this, he says again, my soul thirsts for you, my whole body longs for you. But what he has said, verse 2, I have seen you in your sanctuary and gazed upon your power and glory. I like being in his presence, but you know what? I want to see the power. I want to experience the power and see the glory. Brother Jonathan Sunday night made a very, I don't know how many of you realize it. Most of you, if you've been in Pentecost very long at all, you understand this. But he made this statement. He said, you know, when there was a, a message in tongues given and an interpretation, he said, now you stop thinking, what did he say, 800 kids? Was that right? Yeah. 800 teenage That I've seen this happen time and time again. And if you've been in, in Pentecost very long, you have to. When God the Holy Spirit wants to start moving, even the babies quit crying. There is a, 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 there is a holy hush. And that's the best way I know to describe it. But I, and I don't know how many of you have been up there. I think they still have the services in the sanctuary that they have built. It's huge. Yeah. Trust me, I'm in there. It's big. I don't know. I don't know how many it'll seat. It'd probably seat a little more than 800. Just, you know, but yeah, just that's all they got cabins for. <laughs> but Jonathan made the statement in his message Sunday night that it got quiet. And even the person given the interpretation wasn't that loud, but you could hear it. You could hear that person and what they said. That's part of the power and the glory. Yeah. Yeah. And it does not matter. But you know how who does it? We just need to be obedient to it. Yeah. We need to be willing to say, Lord, here I am. But what did David say? When you see the power and the glory, you understand God's God. And you and I can't hold a candle to him if we tried. But David said, I want to see that. I want to know that. Jesus tells us in John chapter 7, verse 37. He's talking about... Uh, <clears throat> uh, he was talking to the people, but he said, If is any one of you thirsty, let him come to me and drink. And he, let me let me find that real quick because I won't, I don't want to mess this one up. On verse seven, verse thirty-seven. I'm sorry, John seven thirty-seven. On the last day, the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and shouted to the crowds, Anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scriptures declare, rivers of living water will flow from his heart. King James says, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. 
when I come to God, when I satisfy my thirst before God and with God, what happens? He gives me more than I need. God is the God of generosity. God is the God of abundance. Jesus said, he talked about, he said, I will give you, he said, the thief cometh not but for to kill, steal, and destroy. But I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. God is not a little, oh, here, Brother Ron, I'll give you a little peace. No, God says, I'm going to give you a whole bunch of it. Because what I want you to do with that, when you have come to that place that you have gotten your soul satisfied and your soul filled up, then you go out and you touch somebody else with that. We touch somebody else with that. We smile. We're nice to them. We can go into, and I don't do it very often. I'm not a, I'm sorry, no disrespect to Walmart, but I'm not a Walmart fan. I'm one of those, let's go find what I need, get it, hunt it, kill it, get it out of there. <laughs> you know, it's not hang around. But so many times you see people, especially people that are working, and they look like, you know, the whole world, they're carrying the whole world on their shoulders. Do you know one of the nicest things you can do is say, hey, you know, if they're, if they're doing their work, I say, hey, come on, you're, you're working hard. Come on. You, I'll, I'll, I'm not in that big a hurry. You go ahead and do what you need to do. Yeah. You know how many times I wonder if they, if they ever get told that? You see those people and, and you, you talk to them, people that you see every day. But you can, what, you, what God gives us, He intended and intends for us to give it out. Out of your river, out of the belly, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Now, wait a minute. How many of you have ever tried to stop a small leak? <laughs> now, what am I, I'm, I'm, I'm fixing to make a point here. You ever try to stop a small leak? Oh, I can just stick my thumb on it. No, you can't. If you can't stop a small leak, how in the world do you think you're going to stop rivers of living water? That's right. That's right. Amen. I don't want to stop it. I want to be, I want to be that, you know, Lord, make the spigot bigger so it can, more of you can flow out of me and touch somebody else. God, I want you. But David would realize, we must realize, when we get more of him, it's so that we can give more of him to someone else. There are people out there outside these four walls. I thought about preaching about the prodigal son, but I didn't. I felt like the Lord changed my mind. But I, I, as I think about this, there are going to be those that come in looking like the prodigal son. Now, I don't know if you've ever thought about what he looked like. He looked like the drag ends of the earth. That boy was pathetic. He'd been feeding the hogs. 
He smelled bad. He looked bad. He was dirty and filthy. He would not have been welcome at the high society club down the road. He would not have been welcome in some churches today. But what does the Bible say about the father? The father saw him a long way off and ran to meet him. And what did he do? Oh, boy, you stink. You need to go have a bath. You get a bath and you get all cleaned up and you get all ready and then I'll deal with you. Now, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that the father ran and hugged him. That dirty, filthy, stinking kid. Why? Because that was his son. That was his son. Not only did that, but he said, go get the finest robe. Go kill the fatty calf. Go get sandals for his feet. And here, son, here's my ring. The ring is important because the ring signified authority. When he gave his son that ring, that was the signet ring that he sealed all of his documents with. He didn't tell him to go take a bath first. He didn't tell him to go get cleaned up first. The devil is telling people today, well, you know, those people go to church. You know, they always dress fairly nice. You know, they're always clean. You know, you're not going to fit in there. There, you, you need to get yourself cleaned up. You need to get yourself in right everything. You need to get everything in right order before you ever go to church. God does not say that. The Bible says, whosoever will, let him come. Amen. You know what God's telling those people? You may be listening tonight and you feel like you've been told that lie by the devil. Yeah, but you know, those people, they dress okay. You know, well, we got some dress pretty nice. We, some of us just run around in jeans and shirt. I started to wear my, I don't know if I started to wear my Hawaiian shirt, but I didn't. But the thing about it is, it's not the dress that makes us anything anyway. No. Now, I don't get me wrong. It's not wrong, not wrong to dress up and look nice when we go to church. But you don't have to look that way to come to God. God says, look, if you come in just like you are, yep. That's it. I will change your heart. And when I get your heart changed, the outside will change, you know, as, a, as due course. Because when you get your heart right with God, then you want to start doing the things that please Him. You want to start learn, learning about Him. You want to start knowing Him. And it's a growing process. Don't think you're going to be super-duper Christian five days after you get saved. It ain't going to happen. I'm sorry. I don't mean to just burst your bubble, but you're a baby. you got to be bottle-fed first. You've got to start with what you know. Start with what you understand. And as you continue to grow and develop and read God's Word, you will understand more and more and more. Some will grow faster than others. I've, I've seen that happen too. But you will grow. I can read this Bible. There will be times I'll read scriptures that I've read who knows how many times. But the circumstance I'm in at that moment in time, all of a sudden there's new... Oh, that's what that means. Yeah. 
Brother Gary made the statement, I think, Sunday morning about the bride. And it just, I've heard it all of my life. I was, I was rocked in the holiness cradle. I was in PH Church for a lot of years. I mean, I'm sure the day that the next Sunday after I was born, we were in church. But it doesn't matter what happens. I still have to grow. I've heard stuff all of my life. But I'd never heard about the bride. And all of a sudden it dawned on me, wait a minute. Wait a minute. When Brother Gary talked about the fact she is the focus. And you ladies probably get this maybe better. I said, okay, yeah, I got to get married. I got to get dressed up, you know. Oh, she wants all this. She wants all that. And whatever. I go along with it, you know, hey, it's fine. But church, when we stand before God as the bride of Christ, all of heaven, and, and this is the part that, that occurred to me while he was talking, all of heaven is going, all of the angels, I don't know how it's going to happen, I don't know what it's going to exactly look like, but it's, I, I, I can almost imagine that they make a big aisle and there's rows and rows of God's angels looking at the bride that Jesus bought with his blood, that he washed, that he made clean, that he gave us a relationship with him on one-on-one. I don't know if that's what it's going to look like or not, but i got an imagination I can dream. But to know that that's what this is about, that's what David's about. David will be part of that, right? When we stand before him, Jesus will present us to the Father. He said, here's my bride. I want to make that day I want to see Jesus face to face. I want to see God face to face. And bow down as Sister Julie sang that last song and just cry, holy, holy. You are holy. A holy God that wants to be part of my life. A holy God that wants to watch over me and take care of me and listen to when I call and watch me as I walk through this life. As the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs after thee. When will I see thee, God, the living God? Father, thank you tonight. I pray, Father, Lord, that not just us here tonight, but Lord, those that have, are watching this or will watch it sometime in the future will realize that, Father God, as much as David wanted to find you and as much as David wanted to be in your presence, how much more do you want us, Father, to be in your presence? I pray, Father God, tonight that we will just not let life get us too busy. 
can we just find that place in our day, every day? Lord, help us to find a place sometime in our day, every day. Make a place. If something doesn't get done, it's fine. It can wait. Because help us to be like Mary who sat at your feet to listen to what you had to say. Help us to do that, Lord, each and every day of our life. And then when we have gotten in your presence, Father, I pray, Lord, that what you fill us up with, Lord, we'll just let it flow right back out of us and touch those around us, our coworkers, our friends, those that we see out shopping, grocery shopping, or, or whatever, knowing about our daily activities. May we just let that flow out of us and touch them as well. Father, I pray tonight with every head bowed, every eye closed, praying for those that may that need to make Jesus. I'm starts that may need. No, there are people I believe that will see this. Or I believe there are people that are listening that need to know that Jesus loves them. David started had a relationship with God, and that's why he said, "I long for Him because the more I know Him, the better, the more I want to know Him." God is good, he's love, he's life, he's everything we need. But it starts very simply. We've got to make Jesus Savior and Lord of our life. To be part of that bride I was talking about, Jesus has got to save you. Jesus has got to wash you with his blood. That's why he came, that's why he gave his life on Calvary. He died on that cross, he shed his blood for the remission of sins. But he rose again on the third day. We celebrate it during Easter. It doesn't matter exactly when it happened, but we celebrated Easter. We celebrate its resurrection day because Jesus is alive today. He sits at the right hand of the Father, and he just would love to just wash you in his blood it's by faith. It's in. It's in this. It's it's a spiritual thing, but he wants to do that. As I said a while ago, you don't have to change yourself. If you'll let Jesus into your heart and life, he'll change you. He'll give you a new way of thinking. He'll give you a new desire to do the things that please him, and are not contrary to him. And as you grow and as you develop, a lot of things you will lose. A lot of things you'll put aside. But he wants you to make him Savior and Lord of your life. God wants you to make Jesus Savior and Lord of your life. All of this that we talk about, all that the Bible talks about, what it focuses on, its biggest focus is Jesus. That was God's plan for you, that you would know him. Have a relationship that you, anytime you need to, you can go to God, whether it's just to praise him or whether it's for a need. You can have that privilege anytime. If you don't know him, you want to, would you pray this prayer with me? Dear Jesus, I need you. I want you in my life. Everything else hasn't worked. Jesus, save me. Wash me with your blood. Make me yours and make me God's child. I surrender everything to you. Come into my heart. 
come into my life and save me. Father, I thank you that as I've asked Jesus into my heart, that you accept his sacrifice for me that I accept for myself. And I can now know that I am a child of God. And Father, I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, tell somebody. Tell a Christian that you know or a church maybe that's close by that you know that preaches and teaches the Word of God. Become a part of that church. Find you a church home. Find you believers that will help you grow and develop and, and nurture you and, and instruct you in God's Word and how to live that will be loving and kind and patient with you as you grow and as you develop. Let somebody know. The Bible says, For with the heart you believe unto salvation, with the heart you believe unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Tell somebody. Amen. Bless you. Father God, go with his people, I pray. Guide and direct us, Lord, and as we return Sunday morning, I pray, Father, that we'll come back here having already been in your presence for ourselves. And then we'll bring that with us. And God, we'll see you do mighty things in our services and in our lives. And Lord, that as we get prepared for a new pastor coming next month, Father God, that we'll just, we'll be so ready. It'll just, it'll astound him. But Lord, it won't astound you. And it will all be for your honor and your glory and your praise, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.